This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Lyne, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 159 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. I'm your host, Julia Scott, and today's episode is my interview with Jen hansen Paula, who runs Mixtus Media, which is a company who support authors with all things book marketing. Now, before we get on to the interview um, and all of that exciting stuff, I will start with my personal update. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, I finished my book. As you heard on our joint episode, and I'm still kind of riding the high from that, to be honest, it's made me very happy, um, as you can imagine, after so long. But yes, the original Midorian book three of my trilogy is currently being edited, um, and it's going really quick so far because I've already worked with my editor on the first two thirds of the book, so they're just kind of looking over that again until they get to the final third, and then there'll be have to be a heavier edit on that obviously, because they've never seen that part of the book before. So yeah, it's going well. And I've set a release date in my head. I haven't told anyone yet. <laughs> and I'm preparing all my social media stuff to let everyone know. Then it's on to pre-orders and deciding what's going in my signed edition boxes and all of that fun stuff. <laughs> I say fun stuff. Some of it's fun. Um, yeah, so it's all good. But it's funny how finishing a book can really give you a boost of motivation. So I've been looking over my notes for my sci-fi standalone and I've been getting really excited about it. I really, I really, really want to write it. And I am considering doing it for NaNoWriMo, but November is often quite busy for me with birthdays and just stuff, preparing for Christmas and I don't know. I start early. <laughs> so I just need to make sure I don't take on too many things at once because I've also been working on the book formatting formula. As I always said, that would be my focus after the original Midorian. So yeah, there's lots going on, um, but it's all good stuff. So that's fun. As for the rest of life, yeah, just carrying on with life, uh, home educating the kids, you know, same as always. Um, I'm enjoying the turn of the seasons. Uh, autumn is one of my favourites and the colours of the trees everywhere just really make me smile. So things are mostly positive at the moment with, yeah, challenges as always, but, you know, always trying to find the balance. So on to the question of the week. Last week, Holly asked you, why have you chosen the publishing path you are currently on? Heather said, I have a non-financial goal to be in libraries, so that means going wide. And yes, having a book in the library is very exciting. Edwin answered by talking about his experience of Kindle Unlimited having problems and having to make changes when they changed the payment model to combat rampant scamming of the system. And he said, I knew from my experience as an investor the value of portfolio diversification. I had no intention of letting myself get caught flat-footed when it happened again. All these years later, the option of going the KU route has closed even more because it would cost me too much to untangle the wide net and guarantee every place my books are listed have indeed been taken down. And yes, that's true. If you go wide, trying to get back into KU can be tricky because 
If they do find your book for sale somewhere else, you get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> My answer for that is that I'm in Kindle Unlimited because it was easier at the time when I first started publishing. I just knew that it was just one company to deal with and I'd just see how it went. Um, I like all the promotions and stuff you can do, but I am considering going wide. We will see. This week, I want to know, do you have a marketing strategy when it comes to your social media or do you just hope for the best? So we have no new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all our current patrons who sponsor the show. We massively appreciate the support. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive access to our off-air banter, and the chance to join in with our monthly sessions of Sprints and Giggles, an evening where we do writing sprints, answer questions, and have a laugh. Now the next one is actually this week on Wednesday the 19th of October at 8pm GMT. So if you'd like to join in and also support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. It would be really great if you could take a moment to share this episode on social media, grab a screenshot, share it directly from your podcast platform, or even take a selfie with it. Just remember to tag us so that we can share it too. It means so much to hear from our listeners and to know that you enjoy the show. So on to our main topic. Now I've followed Mixedus Media on Instagram since I published my first book in 2019 and I found Jen's content so helpful so I was really excited to chat to her about all things book marketing. She covers so many marketing topics when it comes to Mixedus Media and has a whole bunch of resources available but for the interview we mostly chatted about marketing via social media. So without further ado, on to the interview. So today on the podcast, I have Jen hansen Paula of Mixedus Media, and Jen is all about helping authors with marketing their books. So I'm very excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Jen. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, so your whole ethos, from what I can see from your content, is that you want to simplify marketing for authors and help mm -hmm. them find their readers on social media. So can you start by telling us how you got involved in book marketing and helping authors? Like, what's your story? Yeah, it's it's funny because I kind of tripped into it. Um, <laughs> I got originally started working in the music industry um, right after I graduated college, and I was a publicist for several years. And then that was around 2005. And in that time, that's when social media really started appearing. And um, it was also a time of great flux within the music industry and something that the book publishing is seeing as well. It's when everything started to go digital and that's when the iPod came out and all of this stuff. And so the music industry was really in a, a weird state and we were kind of fumbling our way through everything. And artists, musicians started to realize, okay, I don't need a a record label in order to get music out there. I can do this on my own. So the independent music scene really started um, bubbling up. And I live in Nashville, Tennessee. And so we have many, many friends that are, you know, independent musicians. And they, I knew that there was no way they could ever afford help with publicity or marketing or anything like that. And so what I wanted to do, I wanted to create a way to help musicians. And so I started my company then and um, really started digging into getting more online publicity opportunities. Blogs were just starting to come out, more online resources and everything like that. And then social media really started 
making an impact. And so learning, you know, kind of taking my, um, my marketing brain and thinking about how can we, you know, like really make connections with listeners, with an audience online. And so as we started doing that and we started seeing more and more success with musicians, I also have many author friends that were looking for help and people just started asking for help with their books. And I am an avid reader. It was always my dream. I always, it was always one of those things I thought, oh, I'll never be able to work with authors. You know, that was just, that's never going to be in the cards for me. And here, you know, these authors started approaching me and then some publishing houses, you know, were asking for help with their authors. And so I think it was like about 12 years ago, I decided, okay, I just want to focus on helping authors. And that's really how it started. And it was something that I absolutely loved doing. And I, it's, it's still something where I can't believe I get to do this every day. It's really a dream come true. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. And as a side note, what's your favorite genre to read? Oh gosh. Oh, you're going <laughs> to ask one. that. Just one. <laughs> I know. I know just one. You know, I, I, I'll say what I've been reading a lot is mostly women's fiction mm-hmm. um, and contemporary fiction right now. I go through these phases of like, I am like a diehard nonfiction, you know, self-help and then, Ooh, here's fantasy. Let's do, you know. And so like yeah, right now, yeah. this is, that's where I'm at. Like a, yeah, a phase reader. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> cool. Have you ever considered writing a book yourself just out of interest? Okay. This is kind of funny. I have been working on a book for probably three years, nonfiction, mm-hmm. just like with my own, but I, it keeps getting put on the back burner because I create courses or like I take yeah. more coaching clients and stuff. I always consider it's kind of funny. I've always looked at fiction writers as like real writers, <laughs> like in my, <laughs> like, and I could never, I just don't have that chip in my head. you know, like, I love reading it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could ever write that, but writing nonfiction, like what I, you know, like helping authors, because I've had many authors say, do you have what you teach in a book form? And like, I'm working on it. (laughs) I I really, I'm trying my darndest to get something written. Yeah. I can imagine people would be asking for that. Um, Because marketing is horrible. (laughs) horrible. (laughs) That is my opinion on marketing. Yes. And to be honest, a lot of my author friends would agree. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah the the marketing overwhelm i call it like almost all authors i know find this probably the hardest part about self publishing oh, yeah. um so when i asked on my social media what people wanted to know about marketing someone commented with just one word and they said everything everything <laughs> it, yes. can, it can be really over overwhelming right mm-hmm. so like where 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 do people begin like for someone who has a book out already and they're struggling with marketing what would mm-hmm. what like first step would you advise for them? The first step is really a mindset shift because we have this idea that marketing and selling are the same thing. And they're very, very different. All marketing is, is connecting with people and building awareness. And it's, it's especially in today's world, people don't like to try to be sold to. Mm. And so when an author comes to me and says, I don't have, you know, like I, my book isn't ready yet. How do I even start marketing? And I always say, you're in a great position because you're in that 
area, I call it the attraction phase. And it's really where you are just connecting with people as a fellow human being. You can talk about books. You can talk about things that you're passionate about because chances are those people are passionate about those same things, you know, and it's something for to connect with people on similar interests rather than trying to get their attention in order to sell them something. Mm. So it's, it's something that you want to really have that mindset shift of thinking about marketing as connection. It's not about selling right now. Because a lot of people hate to sell, don't they? Exactly. Lot, everyone feels awkward. It's like, I've, I've written this book, but I don't know how to sell it. <laughs> exactly. And with such an, like, we are in a very noisy online world mm. where everyone is trying to be noticed. And so something that I always take authors through is first of all, is identifying what are your goals? What are those things that you really want to accomplish? I've worked with many authors who they could care less about the the number of followers that they have on social media. They don't necessarily care about that. They care more about creating a deeper connection with their readers. And then there are some who want to grow a large following so that they can, you know, that's what publishers are looking for, you know, so that's, that's their main prerogative. And so everyone has different goals. And when you have a goal in mind, you have something to focus on and something to aim at. So it's something where if you can identify two or three things and they don't need to be big goals, two or three things that you want to accomplish, those are the three things that you can have a laser focus on and you can really remove the rest of the stuff and where you can focus on these these few things. And so once you have your goals in place, then it's really identifying who it is that you want to connect with. I always tell authors that when you try to connect with everyone, you're actually connecting with no one because when you're very general with your messaging or with what you post on social media or with what you blog about or whatever it is, it's too watered down and it's not specific enough in order to actually break through the noise that is happening online. So when you have an ideal reader, um, so for example, my ideal reader, um, her name is Rebecca. I've used her for years. <laughs> she doesn't actually exist. I made her up. She's from Atlanta. She has three kids. She's 37 years old. Like I know this person inside and out. And whenever I post something on social media, I always am just speaking to Rebecca and I'm thinking about her. I think, okay, is this a question that she has? Is this a problem that she has? Or if you're a fiction writer, um, is this a topic that she's interested in? Is this character or is this um, this scenario something that would really interest her? And it also like it's it gives you kind of permission to also share personal things like when my son was uh, like two and he colored his forehead with a permanent marker, <laughs> I shared that on social media because I knew that Rebecca would go, you poor thing. You like, <laughs> yeah. like, how are you going to get that off of his head? Yeah. And so you can connect with them as human beings. And I think that with, you know, just the advent of social media and everything being online, this computer screen between us, we, we dehumanize, mm. you know, like it's, it's like we remove that, or there's something so separating us when there's not like, we are all 
connected and we're all, you know, human beings. And so connecting with people on a human level, on multiple levels, not just on trying to sell a book is going to not only make it a more enjoyable and more, um, it's, it's, it's just, it's more comfortable almost like, cause mm-hmm. you're not just in this constant sales mode. Yes. You know, like letting people know that you have, um, a book available and this is, you know, like what is involved with it, or, or this is, you know, this is the essence of the book. You, that's more comfortable than, you know, like telling someone go buy my book, you know, and social media really is not the best place to sell. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, the really having an ideal reader where you can focus on speaking to one person is going to actually help you reach more people than rather than trying to reach everyone. True. I think where people, where authors stumble when it comes to thinking of your ideal reader is that you worry that if you focus just on one type of person, like you've explained there, that the other people will kind of get forgotten and, and won't see mm-hmm. your book. So for example, I'm a I'm a young adult book writer. Um, so yeah, my target audience is young adults, but I know that, you know, 30, 40, 50 plus men and mm-hmm. women all read my book. So it's like, ah, who, exactly. who do I talk to? Yes. And that's something it's that again, goes back to your goals. Like, let's say um, you want to uh, help parents with, you know, since you're a mom, you want to help parents find books for their kids. Like if, if you don't necessarily want to connect directly with a 14 year old, you know, Mm. you, you think, okay, I really want to help parents. And I know that older people, you know, like in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and on up are also reading um, YA fantasy books. And so it's thinking about, okay, I'm going to talk to this mother that I know is going to respond to these topics that I cover in my book, because they're going to help her, you know, like get books for her kids, but she's also interested in it. But those topics and those themes that you're talking about in the book is also going to attract a young adult reader like who might be younger mm. um, because those are topics that they are interested in as well. True. And you talk about like connecting on a personal level mm-hmm. <laughs> with sharing yeah. pictures of your kids covered in <clears throat> pen. I love that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, yeah, another thing that authors struggle with is the balance of sharing mm-hmm. your personal life versus being professional mm-hmm. and and being um what's the word having having content that people find useful so like how how do you find that balance of not just talking about my life because I do like on my social media I do talk about my garden because I love gardening so you know I pictures of my flowers and stuff and Mm -hmm. and things like that and you know I talk about life but it is hard knowing how to find that balance absolutely and so there are a couple of things the first thing is I love to focus on what I call content buckets and it's like two or three or even four topics that you cycle through week after week and it's these four pillars that you always talk about and one might be your book that's the the current book that you're writing the second one might be um you know things that you're interested in, like your garden or you know your hobbies and stuff like that the third might be your writing process, like the behind the scenes look at things. And so if you're going to post three times a week, maybe make Mondays about your book, Wednesdays about your personal uh, 
uh, posts. And then Fridays are about your writing behind the scenes. And you cycle through those week after week. And what this does is it really helps you to become known for something. Mm. When people know that, okay, these rather than like having such a huge variety of things that are kind of all over the place, cycling through these three things is not only going to help you keep your sanity and you like kind of have some order to it, Mm. but it's also going to span things out a little bit. And also understanding what the purpose of each feature specifically on Instagram serves. So we know that reels help us get more visibility and that's how people discover us. And that's what Instagram is really pushing right now. And so the reels help you grow your audience, but also remembering that your feed, like even if you do still share images or carousels, that feed is what people are going to be going to, to find out more about you and about your books. And that's kind of like the, the meat of your content, but stories is where you build that engagement and you deepen the connections that you already have. And so what I like to do, just because I don't, my son is 13 now, and I I don't necessarily want him you know, to be in my regular feed. So I only post family pictures and pictures of our dumb dog and, you know, like just all <laughs> these other things, you know, like in our stories, because it lasts for 24 hours, but it's these, it's with people that I already have a connection with and that want to see that, you know, those personal and kind of behind the scenes things. And so if we realize, okay, the reels are, can be about the books and about, you know, getting information out there that we want to connect with our readers. And then stories can be that personal behind the scenes, um, things that really will deepen that engagement with your, your readers is kind of, uh, it, it's compartmentalizes things. So, you know, where things should go and how you should use them best. Yeah. So it's having a strategy with what you're absolutely, posting. how many yes. content buckets. I love that phrase. I've never heard it before, mm. but it's, oh, helpful. Great. it's really helpful. Um, great. how many do you think people should have kind of maximum? Because I can imagine people who have lots of, Lots of things going on in their life might overdo mm-hmm. it a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I really like to try to limit it no more to five. So if you do like if you do post, you know, every day, having a content bucket per week. And so for example, I have three content buckets that I cycle through and I I post every day. So it's, you know, okay. uh one's about book marketing, one's about social media, and then one's about newsletters. So that Monday went Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, I just start over again and I just go, you know, through it week after week. And then, you know, like on Saturdays, I share something funny or, you know, and then Sundays I share something encouraging. And so I just know what is coming up. And so I think if we do more than five, that's when it starts to, you know, get a little crazy. So it's really like, I think three is a sweet spot, but no more than, than five is, is probably the best yeah no that makes sense um the there's a new feature coming on instagram for stories isn't there where you can subscribe to someone's exclusive stories do Mm -hmm. you think that would ever be helpful for authors what way could they use that so when there are new features on instagram um i like to observe them for a while. I'm not, I don't want to jump into that. And especially when it comes to subscribing, I am a big advocate for um, 
subscribing to our newsletter, like a, a newsletter that you have, because yeah. I have had way too many authors who have um, either had their account hacked that they can't get into or something happens. And they, I actually did have an author who was signed with Simon and Schuster and his account, like he had over 200,000 followers on Facebook and they completely hacked it and blocked everyone out. And (laughs) even, I mean, it was a nightmare Mm -hmm. and he had been kind of dragging his feet on starting a newsletter. And after that happened, he was like gung ho because there was no way for him to connect with anyone. And so my, my worry, not worry, but my concern with like focusing on the subscribers with Instagram is that you don't own those connections. You don't own the, um, like if something were to happen to Instagram or if you were to get locked out or or whatever, you couldn't a- access that. Mm. So even though I see them, you know, like wanting to create money-making opportunities for creators or, you know, making resources like that um, available, I'm always a little leery at first. I want to observe it and see what they have to offer. But above everything, I would have authors focus on building their own newsletter for subscribers rather than trusting in, you know, like another social media outlet to do that for you. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. I think we've mentioned that before on the podcast. Um, Because, yeah, it it's happened to so many people where everything's just gone. Um, yes. Yes. Oh, terrifying. <laughs> yes. But um, I've seen on your content before you talk about a call to action and mm-hmm. how everything you post should be, you know, you should give a call to action so that people know what to do. Can you talk a bit mm-hmm. more about that? Yeah. When we assume that readers know, or not even just readers, but our audience knows what we want them to do, it's never, they they aren't mind readers. And it's something that you want to not leave things open-ended. So I subscribe to the idea of having, there are many different calls to action that you can do, but I focus on three. Mm-hmm. So the first one is driving people to your website, whether that means to read a blog or listen to a podcast or find more information about your book or or something like that. That is also when, when people go from social media to your website, that is one of the best ways to organically boost your visibility specifically within Google. That's what we call SEO, search engine optimization. And when we drive people from like Instagram to your website, that is a fantastic way to boost that visibility. But we also always want to be driving people there because that's our home on the internet, yeah. our website. The second call to action is to uh, draw attention to a newsletter incentive. So one of the best ways for you to actually grow your newsletter is to give them like a free uh, PDF to download or just something that they find interesting that will benefit them. So they, uh, it's driving people to subscribe to that particular incentive to to sign up for your newsletter. That's the second one. And then the third is to engage, asking a question, um, having something where they are participating in the, the conversation in the comments. And sometimes that takes a while. I've, I've had many authors who get frustrated because they don't get people answering right away, or you know they've been doing something for a couple of weeks and they are still not getting any engagement. And that is something that is frustrating, but you have to keep at it. And 
One of the best ways to actually boost your engagement is using stories and using stickers where there's the poll sticker or a question sticker. Um, Cause that again is stories. When people engage with those stories that tells the algorithm, these people are interested in what you have to say. So they boost your visibility in the feed. It all works together. So those are the three, um, the three calls to action that I encourage authors to really focus on. Yeah, no, they're really good. I've um I've noticed that I get more engagement when I ask people to talk about themselves. People yes. love to talk about themselves. Yes. <laughs> so yes. That, that's always a good way to move forward. Um, okay, so someone also answered the question I asked on my social media about what they want to know about book marketing, saying, how do I find readers instead of other authors? And mm. I've seen this over the years and and I've kind of fallen into the trap too. It's a really common occurrence on social media where you create um, a network of other authors, which is great, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily the people we want to be marketing to. Yes. So how can we avoid that to accounts or what do we do? <laughs> yes. So the first thing is, again, focusing on topics that your reader is going to be interested in. If you are mainly sharing writing tips or publishing tips or like things that basically other authors would be interested in, that's going to attract other authors. Readers, I mean, they might, many of them are interested in, you know, like behind the scenes and stuff like that. And that's totally cool to share every once in a while. But when that is the main topic of one of like, if that's one of your content pillars, that is going to draw in a lot of authors. Um, And if that is something like if you have a product or something that you are serving authors, that's awesome. But if you are finding that you want to connect with more readers, talk about more books, share what you are reading, talk about maybe something, um, maybe there's some uh, discussion about a certain book that is a little scandalous, or, you know, if there's like, if you're reading a different genre and you're just kind of like, oh, I couldn't believe this happened or, you know, and just starting a conversation, it's talking about reader centric topics rather than writer-centric because authors need to remember that their social media isn't about them. It's about their readers. Yeah. And so when we only talk about things that, you know, like this is how I write something or this is how my writing process that it might be of interest every once in a while to readers to see how you do that. But when we make that a pillar of what we talk about, it is going to bring in a lot of other authors. Um, So that's one thing. But then also when you are, you know, like engaging with people, leaving comments on, like, if there's a, a, a bookstagrammer who you love that shares a lot of books and book recommendations, there are going to be other readers in there that, you know, are going to leave comments or, you know, leave, you know, share something that they're reading. And when you as an author can go in and go, oh, I read that book too. It was fantastic. You must have, you have great taste in books or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, aging more with the readers rather than with the other writers. So it's not doing it in a slimy way or like a manipulative way. It's coming at it as I'm a fellow book lover. And, you know, like I wanted to talk about books, you know, and just thinking about other things and something else, you know, like as the holidays are coming around, maybe it's sharing um, gift ideas for 
you know, your fellow book lovers, you know, these are my, the top 10 books that I would give as gifts, or these are the top, you know, 10 reader gifts that I would, you know, give. So Mm. it's thinking about other things that readers are actually interested in rather than thinking about how can I, as an author, get people to, you know, like pay attention to me for my book, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's something I need to work on (laughs) for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's something, it's hard because you're, you're kind of, you're in the middle of it and it's hard to like, when you're in the middle of it, it's something that you need to kind of, again, that's why having an ideal reader is so helpful is because it, helps you to think outside of yourself yeah, and think as a reader rather than as an author trying to sell a book. Yes, definitely. Yes. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> so creating content for social media, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people struggle with this and knowing what to even post on social media. And obviously we've just talked about the content buckets and that's, that's really helpful. But mm-hmm. with the recent edition of reels, <laughs> yeah, I, hate, <laughs> I don't hate them. I, they make me feel uncomfortable because I gotcha. don't know what I'm doing. Um, yes. Videos, TikTok, um, it can be overwhelming. I've used that word a lot, but it is, um, especially, <laughs> especially for introvert writers, um, of Absolutely. which there are many. So do you have any tips on how to get started with that kind of content? And is it really important that people should be making that kind of content? And is it worth people putting their time into Apps. Okay. So I always tell authors, you don't have to do everything. You apps. And this is something like, I actually just created a new product. It's real templates and it, you create reels in Canva and I have like over 50 templates that you can choose from. And it's videos that you don't have to be in. So it's, it's something where this is a problem I hear from authors all the time. Like they're like, I refuse to get on camera. I am (laughs) not going to dance. I'm not. And I'm like, you absolutely don't (laughs) have to do that. I'm not dancing. And so no, 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 no. no. (laughs) And so it's finding like, we have these resources that you can do, you know, to actually create reels and kind of skirt around the idea of actually being in front of the camera. You don't Mm. have to do that. But something that I do, like when thinking about what is it that we can actually post what it it varies from author to author. And so what I always encourage authors to do is to go through your feed and start scrolling and see what stops your scroll. What is it that is making you stop to look at the picture or to watch the video or to read the caption? What is it that it's really doing a little research and finding what it is that really makes you stop the scroll and realizing that, okay, if I'm interested in this, my readers are probably just as interested as I am. And so Mm -hmm. it's finding like two or three different styles that you want. Um, So I still share images and it's something I know everyone says, you know, like Instagram isn't, you know, doing images or anything like that. And there are some, like I work with some authors who like, they absolutely get no feedback when they paste, when they post uh, an image, 
but there are some that they still post images and they get tons of engagement. So it's testing and seeing what your audience does respond to. But what I would encourage authors to do is to go through the feed and to see what it is that catches their attention and take note of it. And it's not copying it. It's really trying to find some inspiration behind it. So mm-hmm. if you are seeing some reels um, that you know don't have you know faces in it, or if it's not actually the author, um, thinking about okay, what did they do? Did they you know take a video or an image of the, their book, and are they flipping through it? Is text over it? Is text involved? Is it their voice over? You know, like, are they doing a voiceover? And really taking note of that and thinking about how you can adapt that for your own posts. You don't have to be in reels. You don't have to, you know, do any of that. Um, It's finding ways that you can use Instagram um, that that brings you joy because when you enjoy being there, you're going to spend more time, you know, like you're going to, you're going to, you know, be on there more, you know, yeah. because you enjoy that. And I have many clients and many authors that I've worked with who flat out refuse to be on TikTok. I'm like, you don't have to be on TikTok <laughs> if you don't want to. And mm. it's all about when we think about when I hear like um, publishers say, okay, you have to be on TikTok. You have to be on Instagram. You have to do all of these things. I know that when people are told that they have to do something, a big barrier comes up and they go, absolutely (laughs) not. I don't want to do this. And it becomes this big battle. Yeah. But, you know, like for you to actually attract your, your audience, it's remember thinking that social media is about awareness. It's building awareness and social media is not the only way to build awareness. We marketed books for years. Without yes, without it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it's thinking about ways. Okay. If you don't want to do social media, maybe you want to do podcast interviews. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then figure, you know, like it's how do you get connected with podcasts? How do you get connected with um, some online uh, magazines? Maybe it's starting locally. It's starting, you know, like getting with writers groups or reader groups and with your local library and your local bookstores. And then you just kind of branch out from there. There are many other ways that you can ease into marketing without jumping into the, you know, the deep end on, you know, (laughs) social media and you can build that, that awareness. I love like when um, Melissa or Elizabeth Gilbert came out with eat, pray, love. It wasn't this huge runaway success right away. She went to yoga studios. She went to different places within her community and started, sharing her book and starts, you know, speaking in these small little communities where she knew that, you know, people would respond to the message of the book. It wasn't this huge, you know, like out of the gate blockbuster hit. And so it's thinking about, you know, like we, even though we have social media and it does help you get, you know, a worldwide audience right away, it's not the only way. So don't feel trapped by that. Um, but find what works best for you and what brings you joy and comfort in helping to market your book. Yeah. And not overdoing it. Cause I see people oh trying my gosh, to do no. all the social medias, <laughs> like all of them. Oh, when they, yes. When we start off with a bunch of gusto and you know, like we 
go up to the top of the mountain right away, there's an equally, you know, quick fall to the, you know, to the bottom. So I'm a big fan of focus on one social media outlet. Mm -hmm. Once you get really comfortable there, maybe add a second one. But if you don't want to, that's fine. You know, focus on that one, one or two social media outlets is all that you really, really need if you if you want to focus on social media. And I imagine it's important to pick the ones where your ideal reader is going to be hanging out. Yes, exactly. And that's something too, where having an ideal reader is, it helps to show you where you need to be and what mm. you need to be doing. And so, you know, if you're in a, if you have a business book or if you write nonfiction, like Twitter is a great place for um, like tech, the tech community and news and and stuff like that. Um, LinkedIn, obviously, would, you know, like, a, I actually had many years ago, I had a client, he wrote a book specifically to um, orthopedic doctors. Oh, wow. And oh, yeah, and a niche. it was just a, a very big. And I mean, it was even a niche of a niche of a niche for his book. And <laughs> he, you know, I was like, why are you why do you think you need to be on Twitter? No one is going to be you know, like, and so we were like, we did, we just bypassed social media for him because doctors weren't on Twitter, you know, like they were at conferences, mm. they were, you know, like at, you know, like these different things. And so we, you, we really bypass social media. So if it, if you don't, if you know who your ideal reader is and they really aren't hanging out on social media, you don't need to be there, you know, be where they are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what are some of the most common mistakes you see authors making when it comes to marketing their books on social media? Oh, golly. Okay. <laughs> Do you so, have a long list? <laughs> yes. Well, it's funny because I think that more, the more we talk about this, I think a lot of it is just awareness because we see things that we think that we have to be doing when that's not the case. You know, like when I see authors only talking about their book. I have seen so many authors that 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 is just they're constantly just talking about, you know, buy my book. Here's my book, you know, and that yeah. is just going to repel readers faster than anything else. Or messaging people directly to say, buy my book. Oh, oh yes. Shudder. That is the worst. Yes. Don't do it. DM. <laughs> yes. Run away. And like cold DMs, like when someone DMs you and that's that is the absolute worst. Oh, um, yes, it really is. <laughs> and then when um, that's a that's a big, big, big mistake. Um, when they uh, when they just go overboard with anything, it's really about a balance. And when authors think that you know there is a time and a place to promote your book, obviously, um, when you're constantly promoting it, you're going to turn a lot of people off. The other thing is thinking that they only have a set amount of time, like they only have the time around the release of their book to actually promote it or to um, only when they think that if they have a bad launch, that that's the end of their book, they need to move on to the next thing. Mm. That is a book has such a long life ahead of it. It has an infinite life. Mm. And so when you only when you think that you only have like a couple of weeks in order to promote your book, 
that's a huge mistake because you, your, your audience is always going to be growing. People are going to be becoming aware of you. And again, I always tell authors, just because you're ready to sell your book doesn't mean that readers are always ready to buy. So you need to continuously talk about it. And in a way that it's just building awareness. Again, it's not selling. And that's also thinking about the process. You want to hook people. You want to attract and build awareness on social media. You want to drive them to sign up for your newsletter. And your newsletter is really where you start to sell. Like that's where you can't, you have more permission to ask people to, you know, to buy your book because you know that they are read, like they are, I always say that newsletter subscribers are one step closer to a sale. Mm -hmm. And so these people are interested. You have their attention on social media. They're not, they're at all different levels of the process. And so if you come right out and ask people to buy right away, it's just going to, it, that's, that's not going to work (laughs) very well at all. I think for someone like me who isn't very market slash sales orientated, like my brain Mm -hmm. just doesn't particularly work that way. um, I worry about being repetitive and Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard the thing where they say, you know, people need to see something seven times before they're going to buy it, whatever. So Mm -hmm. I know that repetition is what I'm supposed to be doing, but I worry that I'm just going to bore everyone or that they'll be turned off because I'm saying the same things. Is there a way to, show people your book multiple times, but not to be repetitive. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And so here's, here's some reality. Because you are so seeped in your own world, you're going to feel that way. Yes. Mm. But the rest of the world is so focused on themselves. I guarantee you, I I guarantee you, they do not notice the repetitive, like, that is something that is precious to you, but it's not going to be in the um, other people aren't going to be aware of that. And it's something where I like, I reshare or repost content constantly. Mm-hmm. I've shared things that I posted a year ago. And it still gets it gets a lot of attention because it's still relevant. When you create something that is focused on your readers and it's about your book and you know it's 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 evergreen, that is going to speak volumes to everyone. And people are not going to remember that. They aren't going to remember, oh, I saw that a year ago, or I even saw that a couple weeks ago. And you need to also remember that not everyone sees what you post when you post it. So it's something that, you know, again, that repetition is important because it's going to, you need to um, share it multiple times in order for people to actually see it. Yeah, true. So how can authors find more support with their marketing instead of flailing around and throwing stuff at the internet and hoping for the best? Like, um, I know that Mixtus Media, your company provides Mm -hmm. lots of stuff. So can you talk to us a bit about what Mixtus Media does and and how they can support authors in marketing. Absolutely. So about, um, I guess it was in July of this year, just a few months ago, we launched a membership. Um, It's called the Author Circle. And I wanted to create something that was a very affordable for authors. That's 
first and foremost. And I wanted it to be a trustworthy and uh, trusted community of people and to have all the resources that authors really need. And so we created the author circle and what it is, I I created courses and other things like that. And where the downfall with that is, is that it is very high price and people are, you know, like you feel like for charging that much, you have to give them tons of information. And so you're overwhelmed with information. You feel like you're drowning and you're never going to get it all done. Yeah. And one big Um, hit, isn't it? When you get a course and you look at it and you're like, (laughs) exactly. And then the thing is, is that they never finish it because Mm. they're overwhelmed. And so I wanted this membership to, to remove that financial burden for one, but two, to also be manageable so that you get the information that you need but it's very like it's step by step and we provide a ton of templates and like something that um one of our user or one of our members said you know like i don't know what to say in like a newsletter welcome sequence okay here's a template like we created a template and a sequence for them to follow yeah. so they don't have to think about it <laughs> so we've done a lot of the heavy lifting within like just the resources. And I do a monthly, um, I do it office hours where you can submit questions and we do a zoom and everyone's on there and you can ask your questions. And then I do a monthly um, workshop where we, you know, teach them something new, but there's always new information coming in, but it's something that it's very easy to follow. And there are hundreds of other authors. And what I love the most about it is, is that there is a community and they are, they feel safe with posting a question and not being judged because other authors are saying, I have been there. Here's what I did. Or you are absolutely not alone in this. Let's figure this out. You know? And so we, we all just kind of work together. And so the author circle is um, a wonderful, wonderful resource. But then we also have other products that are low cost. Cause again, the biggest struggle that I hear authors say is that, you know, they, they need the help, but they can't afford it. And I never, I never want an author to feel like they can't market their book because they can't afford to learn. And so we provide a, my, like my YouTube channel, it's all about empowering and educating authors. And I provide a ton of free information, but with this, you know, like the other paid um, versions of it, it's mainly like with the the real templates, it's like, okay, let's solve a problem here. You don't want to be on camera. I got you covered. You don't know what to post in your reels. Here are 150 ideas. You don't know how to organize it. Here you go. Here's a, an organizational system. And it's it's $37. Have at it. You can do yeah. this. And mm-hmm. you know, there's still that support and you're empowered to do that. And so there, there are several products like that. But um, and then we also provide um some people want more handholding and uh, you know, like really personalized help. So we do have one-on-one coaching as well, but um, those are the three main things we have. The author circle membership, we have various products that authors can buy and they're very affordable. And then we have our one-on-one coaching. Yep. And you also have a blog full of information because I look yes, at that and too. We, and you yes, have a podcast. Yes, we have a pod- yeah. yes, <laughs> we do. I have a podcast and then the YouTube channel and I'm I'm married to a podcast producer. So it was like, oh, helpful. okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he he takes care of that one for me. So um, yeah, we we have a lot of resources because I'm I'm very very passionate about really 
empowering. And I feel like the, the biggest barrier is just that misinformation that authors either hear or like they, they kind of assume Mm -hmm. and they aren't empowered with what they need to market their books and to get it out there in the world. Cause I truly believe like the more amazing literature and resources that authors can put out into the world, the better. And whatever I can do to help with that, I am all for. I love it. And I love your website and the fact that I, I like how it's all different um, ways of the same information being passed on. So yes. some people love a little podcast and they love to just listen yeah. to a podcast and, and the episodes are up to 20 minutes long. I think I saw um, yeah. some are much shorter. It's just nice and quick. Mm-hmm. You've got YouTube videos, but you've got blogs. So if you want to read it, so it's really good. So well done. Great. Awesome. Good. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> so, Okay. On this podcast, we always ask a would you rather question to round off our little interview. And Wonderful. this one is close to my heart because it's sci-fi, which is what I write. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're a sci-fi person, but you're getting a sci-fi question today. All but right. It's would you rather have a time machine or a teleportation device for a one day? I've never heard such a great question. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it had to be sci-fi. <laughs> yes. I think. I think I would want a time machine. Okay. So a time machine to go back in time or one to go oh, forward. It can go either way. Okay. I would <laughs> love a time machine to go back in time mm. to, to especially, you know, like, like see my parents when they were young or, you know, like just kind of just see, you know, just to have that opportunity to see things as they were, you know, back Ooh, how, in the day. How far I think- back would you go though? <laughs> oh my gosh. I would. Okay. So my family is originally from Norway. And so I would oh, wow. love, like, we're very fast. I'm very fascinated with like the Norwegian uh, Nordic culture. And so going back and seeing my family there, or like even going back even further, I think that, I think that that would just be fascinating. You'd only have one day to do it. So oh, one day. Oh, that's true. <laughs> okay. One day. And... <laughs> but yes, I think it would be to go back in time. Yes. Yeah. I would. Yes. That would be. Good answer. I like it. <laughs> so Jen, can you tell us where we can find you across the internet for more information? Absolutely. If they go to mixtusmedia, M-I-X-T-U-S media.com, um, we have all of our social media. Um, there are all of our social media is under Mixtus Media. Um, but yeah, our blog, our podcast, our resources, our YouTube, everything is there on mixtusmedia.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's been really helpful. Oh, wonderful. I'm very happy to do it. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking to Jen and I hope you found that as helpful as I did. We've talked about marketing on social media a few times on the podcast, but chatting to Jen has really opened my eyes to a few things. I hope it has for you too. So don't forget to check out Mixedus Media on Instagram and at mixedusmedia.com if you're looking for more support with your book marketing. A quick reminder of our question of the week. Do you have a marketing strategy when it comes to your social media or do you just hope for the best? Let us know over on Instagram or in our Facebook group. And remember that if you want to join us for sprints and giggles and get all of the other benefits, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. Don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for unstoppable authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors Podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. 
Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our Guild of Unstoppable Authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.